remember my voice. I do trailers. All kinds of trailers. 23, take two. One day they'll put me in a film, a proper full-length job. Until then, I'm just stuck with this sort of stuff. Go and see this. Don't miss that. The most terrifying thing you ever saw is coming to babysit for you tonight. All right, cut it down. Look, just read what's on the script, will you? What? The script. Other way up. Ah. <clears throat> Ready? Yes, yes. You flock to see brief encounters for the special... Close! Huh? Close Encounters. Close Encounters, the film. Oh, I never saw it. Well, forget that film. We're on about our film. Time Bandits. The word. Time Bandits, the one you are supposed to be promoting. Remember? <coughs> you flock to see Close Encounters for the special effects. You went to Superman to see a man fly. You went to Star Wars for the droids. You went... Now what? What's page two, man? It's under page one. See? Oh, dear. Yeah, you went to Star Wars for the droids. Time bandits can offer you much, much more. It's not the special effects or flying men or droids which makes time bandits a unique cinematic... Cinematic! You know, pertaining to the cinema. Mm -hmm. Cinematic experience, it's the makeup. Yes, folks, you've never seen anything like it. Men made up to look like monsters. Monsters made up to look like men. Look alike men made up to look different. Different men made up to look alike. No expense has been paired, spared on the pan stick. The pan stick. No expense has been spared flying in the world's greatest makeup man. Just a minute, just a minute. What about the plot? The what? The plot. What the film is about. Well, I haven't seen it, have I? Haven't seen it? You're sitting there telling millions of people to go and see a film you haven't even seen? Well, I can't see every film I do, now, can I? Oh, wonderful. Terrific. Look, give me that. What are you doing? Taking over. You're out. O-U-T. Finished. Kaput. Finito. What about the trailer? I'll do it. Okay, are we ready? I'm sure. Okay. Do we need to give 10 seconds for Harambe? We probably should. Okay. Welcome back, everybody, to your brand new Drop Culture podcast episode. This week, um, we are taking that little piece of drop culture or culture that you might have loved or missed and shine it up real nice and cram it in your ear holes. <laughs> As we do every week. As every week. Um, this week is uh, extra special because... These movies, um, and this director has directly 100% influenced me in so many different ways. Absolutely. And not just the comedy aspect, but the fantasy aspect. This dude is legit. Everything that he's done, I, I am a 100% total fan. I did like the newest thing that he did, but to get on with it, it is Time Bandits. Uh, yes. 
And Time Bandits was part of the uh, trilogy of Imagination. By which Terry is, Gilliam. Terry Gilliam. And uh, it's, it's basically three movies. This is the first one, told from a child's perspective. Time Bandits. The second one is Brazil, middle, right. middle-aged man. And then The <clears throat> Adventures of Baron Munchausen, which is the last. I didn't know that was a fucking trilogy, man. I, I actually didn't either until we started doing our research, and I was like, "Oh, makes which total fucking is funny sense. because Brazil has been on our list for a long time, yeah. um, well before we ever thought of doing Time Bandits." Correct, actually. correct. Yeah, I think Time Bandits just kind of came out um, in the last couple of weeks. We're like, "Hey, let's do that one." Because uh, again, we did Legend. If you listen back to a correct. couple of episodes before, we did Legend with Tim Curry and, and Tom Cruise and Billy Barty and and a whole bunch of people. Yeah. It was a good movie, and that was a really cool one. Um, but this one was another one of those movies that just stuck. Absolutely. Every time I watch it, it's enjoyable. The, Terry Gilliam has got this camera style, especially in the 80s, that was just beautiful. I, it, it looked rustic. It looked grainy. It looked everything, but it was cinematic as fuck. Absolutely. The smoke that he used and everything, everything, just the costumes, everything was fucking He fills great. the screen with so much stuff all the time. And he uses the screen accurately, exactly. 100%, just like he did with Monty Python stuff. Because um, I know he's he's American. You know, um, Terry Gilliam is, I'm pretty sure. Um, and he went to, um, he moved to England and, um, let me see. Yeah, he was American. He was born in America. Yeah. Um, American born British screenwriter and director. Um, Terrence Vance Gilliam. That's fucking cool. He was the only one of the Monty Python that wasn't born. Yep. In Brit. Yeah. But he did all the, didn't he do all the directing and the titles? He did, he directed the movies, everything like that. I mean, to add to his credit, I mean, you got the movies that we are, The Fisher King. That movie, for some reason, has stuck with me so much too. I love it. I, Robin Williams does a fantastic job on that. 12 Monkeys. Come on. Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. Um, Brothers Grimm, I watched, but Uh, I wasn't. The Imaginarian of Dr. Parnassus was was cool, but it was the way that they continued it after Heath Ledger passed away was pretty cool. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I wasn't really into it as much as I was those earlier ones right there. Uh, he, um, God, he's done so many different things, had so many different awards for stuff, and he's very outspoken in, in the way he does stuff. You know, I mean, he's just, he's somebody that you would, you would really kind of almost trust in Hollywood. To Absolutely. make a great movie, the last one, the uh, the the man who killed Don Quixote, um, just came out a couple of years ago. But he'd been working on that one for like twenty plus years, and finally it came out. And it's got um, uh, Darth Vader's grandson in it, uh, and uh, Jonathan Price. And it's actually yeah. it's it's pretty it's pretty decent. Uh, I haven't. It's not one that I watch as much as these other ones, but. Well, let's get into that movie. Time Bandits. I There's a couple of things that I really didn't know what happened to some of these people that were in it. It was written by Gilliam and Michael Palin. Yes. Uh, Michael Palin's funny as fuck. You know, I mean, he's in so much stuff. Uh, and, I mean, obviously, the imagination it takes to do a lot of these things. So, <laughs> obviously, Palin also another Monty Python guy. Mm-hmm. Yep. But it has John Cleese in it. It's got um, Ian Holm was in it. R.I.P. 
Rest in peace. Um, David Warner, the bad guy. Come on, David Warner was badass. He's always a good bad guy. Yeah, he's always a Tron, great bad guy. This one. And what I really like about this one is the, um, the way he uses the technologic technology in his costumes, but yeah. it's weird. Like 12 monkeys, you know, I mean, it's just, it's funky. Yeah. You know, and just like in, Brazil too. But uh God, who else is in this one? Um most of the dwarves that were, they were in this movie were they were in everything. Like I mean Kenny Baker, come on, R two D two. Right. Um God, Jack uh was it Jack Purvis? Jack Purvis was he was in he was I think one of the Ewoks. Um, so many people were, were everywhere at this time because that's in this age, you know, a lot of the people that, um, cause there was a big gap between Wizard of Oz and Star Wars, you know, right. uh, and there, so there wasn't really a lot of work. And then of course there was Willow, which a lot of these guys were in everything, you know, which is really cool. The main, the main, uh, guy, Randall, I didn't know that he had shot himself. Oh, I did not either. He committed suicide. Really? Yeah, he was supposed to be on an episode of something. Uh, I forgot what it was, and um, he filmed for like three days, but tried to commit suicide while he was there. So they hired somebody else to do the job, right? Right. So then he was in his home in California, and he ended up shooting himself in the chest. Wow. Um, I did not know that. That guy's face is so familiar to me. Because of Time Bandits, and he was a great actor. Oh, absolutely. He was on like LA Law, and um, God dang, what else was he on? He was on so many things. David Rappaport, I think. Yeah. He was on The Wizard. Yes. The TV show yeah. back in the day, like yeah. the action adventure kind of show. Yeah. I don't know how long that lasted, but. I, I think it might have been one or two seasons yeah. or something like that. Um, I liked it when I was a kid. I remember that. Yeah. No, I, I, his, his, he was such a great actor. And in this movie, I, I read that he kind of distanced himself and thought of himself as kind of like the leader naturally. And they all kind of took it out on him at one point. Mm-hmm. You know, um, he was a, I mean, it was a perfect leader for this. It, for some reason, he just reminds me, he, it's almost like he has a Phil Collins kind of a face. Yeah. You absolutely. know, and it's That's just something, call. something about that just really, I, I, it's not necessarily the identify with it, but it's just something that I just remember so much of him, you know? Oh, I think it was Baywatch or something like that. No shit. Was that's what he was filming? Yeah. No, it was 1990. What the fuck? Um, it was a fucking Baywatch. (laughs) He was on Captain Planet. Um, and, uh, he was only, yeah. LA Law, the young ones. Have you ever seen the British comedy, The Young Ones? Yeah, of course. Um, and God, I mean, yeah, he was. Uh, God, he was all over the place. Um, yeah, he was in a, a something. Amazing stories with uh, Mark Hamill. Yeah, yeah. The I remember that episode actually. Yeah, L.A. Law. L.A. Law was a pretty big deal. That was the first TV show that gave me feels. Oh, it's weird. Uh, I didn't watch that show. I, I want to see the movie that he did called The Bride. It, he's a circus dwarf, um, and he's friends with Frankenstein's monster. I've probably seen it. I just don't remember it, you know? Yeah. Just because I would have noticed somebody from there and be like, ooh, I want to watch that. Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure, yeah. he. It was some show. Yeah, because he lived in Laurel Canyon. 
Oh, Star Trek The Next Generation. That's what it was. Wow. He was going to be on an episode called uh, The Most Toys. So he tried to commit suicide during that. And then they were like, nah, sorry. Uh, and they hired somebody else for it. So and then he, he, he shot himself in Laurel Canyon. Oh, wow. So I didn't know that either. I, I mean, yeah, I mean, it kind of sucks for him because he was such a great actor. Uh, and, um, there's one other guy that's in this that has passed, and I think it was a Jack Purvis. Let me see. Uh, nope. Not Jack Purvis. There, um, God, who is it? Because Kenny Baker's still alive. Um, no, didn't Kenny Baker pass? Let me see. Yeah, 2016. So. Besides having John Cleese's Robin Hood in this, Sean Connery actually fought for this. Yeah, you know to get in it dual role. Yeah, and he even he even was in England whenever they were filming that last scene, and they called him and said, "Hey, you want to you want to be the firefighter?" Uh, And he was like, "Yeah, that was my idea." (laughs) (laughs) And he was there doing something stupid, right? And then ended up walking on set and working for like two hours. Because and he was he kind of helped Gilliam out too, from what I read. That on the first day of of filming with the younger kid, right? Mm -hmm. Um, He uh, he basically was like, "Hey, you know, I'm only here for like a limited amount of time, so why don't you shoot my scenes first, and then you let this kid because he's so starstruck." So he kind of instructed Gilliam a little bit and gave him sure. a little bit of a breathing room, but was such a cool fucking thing for, you know, James Bond. I know in most of the stuff that I read um, that he wasn't listed as a producer, but George Harrison was also a producer on this movie. Yeah, because of his production company. Right. Yeah, George Har- George Harrison was really And he did the friends. music as well. He did that last song, the yeah. Oh Yeah, I Am By yeah. <laughs> Oh Yeah, I Am By yeah. I don't even know what the fuck he's I, saying. I don't even. Right? This movie did really well, though. Yo, uh, yeah, five million dollar budget made like forty two point four million in the U.S. and Canada, so that's not even including the U.K. Damn, yeah, it's good. Did a fucking great, great job. Jack Purvis is the one that that passed away too because they were in talks to make a part two to this for a long time. Oh, really? Yep. I didn't know. Uh, um, but right now, Taika Waititi is attached to an Apple. Right. Plus. I remember we talked about that on one of the quick casts. I yeah. Think. Time bandits with yeah. Taika Waititi. It'd be fucking nuts, man. Be uh, cool if Taika Waititi wasn't attached to everything right now. Yeah, absolutely. He's like the James Wan of 2020, <laughs> 2020. Yeah, he's on everything. Yeah. He's doing all the covers for all the comics. <laughs> uh, <laughs> there's just tons of shit. He's and, like Wolverine of the Marvel Universe in comics. Yeah. Just attach his name to it. It'll sell fine. Yeah, it'll be okay. Right. <laughs> Shelley Duvall, this was her first movie um, after The Shining, yeah. which was like a big traumatic experience I don't for her. I like her very much mm-hmm. as an actress. I did. Don't get me wrong. I think she did well in The Shining, but I think it's mostly because Stanley Kubrick yelled at her all the time. <laughs> yeah, made her feel like she should have. Yeah. I mean, uh, terrified. She yeah. fucking hated. It. She was. So I mean, obviously, out. she's over the top in this one. You know. Yeah, a couple times in the two parts. Yeah. We were pretty good with Michael Palin. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's weird that they mm-hmm. both showed up, yeah, but it's pretty cool that they they had that. You know, absolutely. And in, in two big points in history, you know. All right. Uh, uh, again, Ian Holm as Napoleon, um, Catherine Helmond, which was Smangela. <laughs> <laughs> that was uh, 
Mona, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Smangela, Mona, <laughs> Smona, Smonathan. <laughs> but she was also in Brazil too. Yeah, yeah. So she she's been in a lot of stuff, and I, I guess they were friends somehow. Her and uh, Gilliam, because he always cast her in right. so many different things. You know, we were talking about uh, Shelley Duvall. Mm-hmm. Obviously, The Shining is the one glory role for her, I think. But you know when, like, as soon as she started talking in Time Bandits, you know what I thought of? Popeye. Yeah. yeah. I was like, oh, it's <laughs> fucking olive oil. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> horrible. Horrible. Robin Williams is Popeye. Yeah. <laughs> Well, <laughs> I don't give a fuck. That guy could do whatever he wanted. Yeah, he can. He was good. <laughs> Anyways, off track. Uh, uh, we that had... was my Shelley Duvall moment. <laughs> we had Ralph Richardson was a supreme being. He was in a lot of stuff. Uh, rollerball. Jesus. Yeah. The, the original Rollerball, <laughs> right? Oh, yeah. yeah. Peter Vaughn, Winston the Ogre. Uh, that's pretty crazy. That dude was funny. Uh, yes, master. <laughs> can you kill me next? Mm-hmm. Uh, there, yeah, there's so many, uh, there's so many good parts in this movie. Um, um, we can kind of just start it out, like, um, and not kind of do what we usually do. But, um, God, it was so, it was so fucking awesome the way that the, the movie really ties in the, the parents were more concerned with technology. Yeah, like having, like, gadgets for their kitchen and keeping up with the neighbors the you toasters know? you know they had the toaster they had the fucking blender but they were watching the show um with the game show oh, and they were um, winning kitchen stuff you yeah, know yeah. what the fuck was that and he's like oh look at this didn't you know the greeks did this and he's like and they're like go to bed yeah get the hell out of here what kid. the fuck is that noise but then you notice whenever the um and i just i noticed this one before i even did any research then whenever the knight jumps through his closet and jumps over him and disappears back again uh, into whatever portal or whatnot, you could look at his wall and it's just full of things that are in the movie. Absolutely. It's a really and big really, foreshadow. I think you really notice it at the end, too. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? Like Because you, you're back in that room. Yeah. They had like the Micronauts little thing. They had all they these had little a, toys. They had a little spaceship, like the one that will show up later. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. Everything's there is just yeah. really cool. Even the Lego bricks at the... Uh, the ultimate darkness place. Yes. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, he, he's smart in the way that he's like, I'm going to bed. And they're like, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> right, right. When well, he, he packs up all his, like, he's got flashlights. He's got he's a got, flannel, yeah. flashlight, a robe. <laughs> so our protagonist, Shoes. Kevin. Kevin. Um, yeah, so his parents are douchebags. So he, like, I'm just saying, they are. <laughs> they are. And then they're probably like every other consumerist family, you know what I mean? Like, in the 80s. Especially, especially in that time period, right? Craig Warnick. That's who he was. Yes. Yeah. Um, so... He's visited one night by an armored knight that comes through on a horse through his wall. That's weird. Um, so that was kind comes of comes out the, of his wardrobe. The wardrobe, rather, yeah. yeah. Um, but busts through. Yeah, just busts right through. <laughs> um, so that was weird. And then everything's normal again. And then he decides to go up and take a flashlight and look out. And that's when a we Polaroid. Get, yeah, he's got his Polaroid camera, which is badass. <laughs> yeah, but it reminds me of uh, Labyrinth yeah. too, because they're all like. Yep. scurrying around and shit like that and they come out and they literally like jump him yeah yeah <laughs> like so this little dwarf um dwarven bandits uh just jump him and yeah they're taking <laughs> which, him down which uh they were all uh supposedly modeled after monty python 
um, okay. all the people. They they all the characters were supposedly kind of the personality. I kind of see that of them. Yeah. yeah. So you have uh, Randall. He is the leader. You got Fidget, which is Kenny Baker, um, Strutter, uh, Og. Og really doesn't say nothing until the end. Um, Wally and Vermin. <laughs> they have such cool names. But they're kind of going through there and they're looking for the way out. I really like the the part where they grab the shelf and he walks up the the back of the back of the other one. Og, I guess. Yeah. He's always the one that's like the the shelf or something, <laughs> right? He's just the he's the bitch. <laughs> and uh, I mean that one horn that he has too on his fucking helmet. That's awesome. Yeah, absolutely. And Randall looks like he's got like he's got the bullets on him. He looks like a World War Two fighter pilot. He's got yeah. I was gonna say he's got that hat like a fi- fighter pilot. Yeah. Yeah. He's got the guns and everything, and they got that one gun <laughs> between them all. And they're like, who is this? It's him. Let's get him. You know? <laughs> and this fuck? is where we see the map. Yeah. Right we, at the beginning. We get, to see the, we get to see the map, and then the supreme being comes down, which is God. Right. You know? And comes down and is like, return the map. And then they find out where they need to they go. They push that wall yeah. into a giant hallway that... Goes into a void. Yeah, it goes into <laughs> nowhere, um, which is kind of weird. And then they all fall out. And where is it? Like the Napoleonic yeah. Wars. Yeah. So they like they. I think they're in Italy um, because France is invading Italy, and it's like water. There's Venice, subject, yeah, yeah, and all that's in there. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Because he even makes a comment later. Uh, Napoleon does. I, I thought they would be smaller from everything yeah. I read. <laughs> Yeah, but the whole time they're making fun of Napoleon's uh, small complex. Too. Yeah, yeah. Cause like everybody's taller than him, but he's shorter. But yet he's like, they're like, oh, you're, but you're uh, great for a small person. <laughs> right. Well, so he's watching that stupid puppet show. And then I like a, them because they are little. <laughs> and then they come out and sing me in my shadow. <laughs> Which is fucking bitching too, yeah, right? Absolutely. I love it whenever they give the music. I love small things that hit each other. Yeah. <laughs> when, he, when they give the music to those people and it's all, go, 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 go. <laughs> and just because <laughs> you see that orchestra dude looking at it like what the, what the fuck, fuck is this is going on <laughs> but they play it like they have this music on hand right yeah. what the fuck because home dude's about to shoot him, himself yeah. yeah the the stage manager is about <laughs> right. to shoot himself because everything he's like no no get him the fuck out of here the only thing he liked so far was the marionette show where he's like beating up the woman <laughs> yeah. but they bring out like i think um one of the other monty python dudes was in that that part too mm-hmm. kind of in the background he was dressed in drag or something yeah, that's not uncommon <laughs> <laughs> but it was just it was just kind of weird because he's about to like shoot himself and then they show up and they're like hey let's do this and they come out and sing that song and then they start kicking the shit out of each other he's like and so he starts to hang himself with the stage rope <laughs> yes yeah <laughs> and they open they open the curtain and it's like <laughs> and he's like and he fucking loves them. It's yeah. Ian Holm. He's like, ah, oh, I fucking love you guys. Come come sit with me, you know? Yeah, so he goes, takes them to that room and kicks all his generals out. Right. But and we, then makes them generals. <laughs> yeah. They're all generals and shit. It was fucking weird. But at this point, too, we've already kind of find, found out that they're actually going through time to rob. Right, yeah. They're they're looting through time. It's So it sounds like, you know, from the story, it was like they helped create everything. everything yeah. And they, then... They knew found, where to go. Yeah, they well, they found the map, and they were like, oh, so now we can just pop through time, you know? Go grab their riches. But where were they going to end up? Yeah, right. That's one thing that I kind of thought of, too, is like, yeah, they were going to have all the... UK. <laughs> yeah. They would have all been driving Ferraris. Yeah. You know? <laughs> 
<laughs> crazy. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, shit, they fucking loot Napoleon. Yeah. Um, they got the, uh, the Mona Lisa. Smashed, though. He's drunk. <laughs> oh, man. He's talking about how, you know, like, uh, <laughs> All these leaders were five foot one or four foot nine. <laughs> Supposedly, Terry Gilliam was laughing so hard, they had to kick him off set. I bet. <laughs> yeah, because he was laughing at Ian Holm so much. He was like, you got to get off the set so he can complete this fucking scene. Well, he passes out. And even Napoleon's got a gold hand. Right. You know? They just unscrew yeah. it take it with him. <laughs> yeah. That one dude's eating a candle. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I was like, what the fuck? And then they and got that first look. I was like, is he eating a bone? What yeah. Is well, that? Oh, it's a candle. Yep. <laughs> that dude eats everything. Yes, he does. <laughs> but they, yeah, they have all the general suits and that one dude walks out to look for the, uh, the door. Yeah. Right. And he's like, and they're all attention. And they all look and he walks right <laughs> by him and then fucking runs off and finds it. And he's like, all right, cool. Let's go. So they load up that fucking, that rug or whatnot. <laughs> it was a had. tapestry from like the yeah. 600 AD or <laughs> yeah. something. They're like, <laughs> they rip that shit down, fill it with gold and, and riches. Right. And then he about faces everybody except like for that. That's going to work. Yeah. And they, they're just like, okay, let's go. Uh-huh. And so they get all the way to the door and they end up in. Well, and these, the, you know, at that point, the soldiers are chasing him. Yeah. So yeah, they, uh, they go through the portal. The portal disappears and then all the guys run into each yeah. other as they would in a Monty Python show. Yeah. Like, <laughs> well, they, they land on Shelley Duvall and Michael Palin in their first, the yes. pansies, right? Yes. And their horse drawn carriage. Yeah. <laughs> Which is crazy too, because there he's making some reference of, and she's like, "What about your problem?" And he's like, "Uh, it's not a problem anymore. And not a problem anymore. <laughs> Fucking weird, right?" He had a little blue pill from the <laughs> yeah. future. <laughs> something <laughs> was it that, or was it he yeah. had to pee or something? I don't know. Something was weird because he yeah. had the. There's a point where he's like, I, that problem's starting again. Yeah. So it's probably peeing. He's but, probably had yeah. to yeah, piss himself or yeah. something. But it's, it's. I get excited and I pee myself. <laughs> yeah. Like a dog. <laughs> <laughs> which is, which is kind of crazy because they, they hide out and they, they have all the rich stuff, right? They see the, they get busted, right? So those bandits come. And they, and they walk into the trap yeah. and there's perfect traps for every single one of them. Of course there is. Yeah. And those dudes are badass too. Yeah. Like the, the bad guys. Yeah. You really don't know who they are because you know you're in the Middle Ages or whatnot. Is it yeah. the Middle Ages? Yeah. yeah. They're in I the think middle. Kevin even says that it's yeah. the Middle Ages. Yeah. <laughs> Cause Kevin, he's, he's, he's a history kid. He knows all the shit. So yeah. he knows where everything's at. He knows where he's been. Cause even whenever he was in France, they were like, come with me. And he's like, no, I got away from my friends. <laughs> Cause he runs away. You know, he runs away from them at the very beginning, which Absolutely. is kind of like, what the fuck? Right. Um, but yeah, in that whole part, and then they go into, he's like, Hey, when he's want to meet the boss. Yeah, whenever he's upside down, he's like, do you steal from kids? And he's like, any chance we get. <laughs> so like, all right, you're cool with us, right? right? So they, they're invited to their gang. They end up in Sherwood Forest. Yes. Yeah. With John and, Cleese as Robin Hood. Yeah, Have you met the pole? Have you met them? <laughs> Who? The pole. <laughs> he's so Great happy. He's, they don't have two nickels run together. But. <laughs> but they're happy. He's so good in that. He's just so funny because it's like Robin Hood is like another rich guy that's like <laughs> doing some bullshit with all the other uh, merry men that look like fucking bikers. Yeah. You know what I mean? Absolutely. They look mean as shit. But, and, you know, he's like, here you go. We got all this loot. And he's like, all right, cool. Let's give it to the poor. <laughs> and they're like, uh. Um, what did you say? <laughs> 
That's all of our rich stuff. Well, what's funny is the funniest part of that whole deal is whenever they're giving them a piece of that, the one dude just fucking punches them, lays them out. <laughs> he's like, they, he's all, here you go, jolly good. And he's like, <laughs> <laughs> they stop him at one point. And he's like, oh, okay, not so hard. And he's like, <laughs> he just fucking waylaying everybody after they get some fucking gold. Absolutely. It was fucking, yeah, it was awesome. So, <laughs> so they get to take off, right? Um, this is where the storm happens too, right? Right. Um, so they're in the middle of the storm and they end up going, cause I know there was a scene that they had cut out. I don't know if they filmed it. It was like a bank robbery in the year, in the 22nd century or some shit like that. There was, that was I don't cut. Think, yeah. And I think that they come back to that cause they bring that spaceship in, but I don't think we ever see that. You yeah. Know yeah. Mean? We don't, we don't get to see that shit. Yeah. 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 So after they, after they do leave there, the, they lived up on a giant boat, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But we find out it's the Titanic. <laughs> but the, how did they get fitted for suits? The ticket didn't say get off before the iceberg. You're right. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there of course, Shelly Duvall and Mike. Michael Palin are there again. And, and they fall on them, too. Yes. Um, and he's got that thing on his nose. He's like, can you love me even with this thing on my nose? <laughs> She's like, yes. And then, <laughs> then his hair falls off and she freaks the fuck out. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, but how did they get fitted for suits on the ship? Was there tailors on the suit on the ship? I don't know. Probably, probably. The creator provided them. Yeah, something, you know. <laughs> so so Randall's drinking his fucking champagne and shit, right? Smoking a cigar. And Kevin's like, <laughs> <laughs> and you find out it's the fucking Titanic. Right. And then they're in the middle of the fucking Atlantic Ocean on a board or some shit like that. And that's when Og um, was it. Oddly enough, very similar to the scene from Titanic. Yeah. Where they're on the like door or whatever. <laughs> yeah, whatever the fuck that was. Yeah, it was a piece of the ship. Yeah. It was a wooden piece of something. But that's when we get to actually meet the ultimate evil, too. Yes. Because we get to see him watching. causing that. the storm with his finger or whatever. Yeah. And the scrying. Yeah, so he yeah. actually has like his... Um, what he wants to do with the world because nobody understands technology right. vcrs he's all and, about computers yeah computer. tell me again about computers yeah like it's a personal computer <laughs> that you keep at home that does calculations <laughs> he's like oh tell me more <laughs> but that whole that whole part too when that one dude like uh questions him too mm-hmm. he's like but if you were and he's like <laughs> explodes the one dude and the other guy's well if you, because he actually is nice to him, he's like, oh, "Thank you, master," and he's like, "Wait a minute," and then he fucking explodes him too. So you have uh, Benson, and you have the other guy left, the one dude with the horn, and right. they're wearing the plastic suits, and they, and yeah, and Benson's it's like, weird. "Look, master, yeah. master," and then they 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 um he influences Og to start talking. Right. And he's like, and then Randall's like, if you believe in it, we'll go there, and then they go into some weird time warp thing, and that's where Kevin gets separated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And he goes, well, no, because they got separated because um, he took the wrong door. That's right. You're right. Yeah. He took the wrong door and during the storm. Correct. And um, that's what I was saying. After yeah. the storm. Yeah. Yeah. And and so yeah, we might be getting it mixed up. I don't it's all right. It doesn't yeah. Matter. It doesn't matter. Um, but yeah, he lands in he, he lands in Macedonia. Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck? Right. <laughs> So he's in Macedonia and he's having the time of his fucking life with um, uh, Sean Connery. Sean Connery is like totally cool. He's like, he helped me kill him. You know, after he's getting the shit kicked out of him yeah, by some weird. The Minotaur. Minotaur, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, that's a. 
Agamemnon or whatever his name is. Agamemnon from, or yeah, yeah, from Greek mythology. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So he, so he's like, oh, well, that's cool. Come, come to my house, you know. Come hang out with me. And then he gets accolades, and he uh, has this big old banquet and shit like that. He's like, do you want to stay here while he's taking fucking Polaroids? Right. He's taking these Polaroids, and and um, Sean Connery's like, oh, so you want some fruit? <laughs> What? Well, yeah, and I mean, we get so far as like they're getting ready to have this celebration. Yeah, and he's about <laughs> to name him like he names him as like as his son and heir to his throne. Yeah, no shit. And then these dick ass dwarves <laughs> show up. You know what I mean? And they're like, yeah. "Oh, we're stealing you!" Because they come in like the circus acrobats. And they do and the shit. dances yeah. and shit, and they're like, "Come on!" And they grab his crown. They grab all the jewels. <laughs> they grab everything right in front of them, and then it's like, "Okay, what time is it?" All right, cool. And they lift up the deal, and they're poof, they're gone. Right. And that's all you see. <laughs> and so now they're back together with Kevin. Yeah, they're back together together with Kevin. That's when they're on the Titanic. Yes. Yep. Because during the storm, he takes the wrong door. And then they go through the other door because it, it shuts right after him. Then they're on the Titanic, and that's when they end up going into the time of legends. So whenever they, they're going into yes. that time warp and time of legends, it, it shows them in reverse, and then it shows them falling into the water. Like, Gilliam's got something with that, too, because even in Baron Munchausen, they kind of do the same thing, yes. you know, which is really cool. That, another callback to um, Time Bandits from that movie Baron Munchausen was the stage dude. Yeah. You know, so it was a really big callback to that part of it, which was really funny. Absolutely. Um, and then, you know, they end up, they end up in the water and that's when you got the ogre and his wife, <laughs> which is so funny. He's like, Oh, my back. <laughs> he can't stretch. He can't cough. She's like, listen, dear, have your, have your elixir. <laughs> She's making him some stuff and he's like, oh, yeah, he can't yawn. He can't do anything. Remember your salve. And he's got to put the cream on his arm. He's talking about the good old days That's of being Boga, a bad, right? From, yeah, yeah. yeah the, talking about being a, a good ogre back yeah. in the day. <laughs> he goes out there and just casts his net one time and he catches every single one of them. Yeah, as you would. Yeah, and then he can't lift it up because, yeah, his back's all fucked up, right? Right. So, so Mona <laughs> comes in and is like, yoink, pulls them all on. Well, what are they? Looks like breakfast. <laughs> so they're going to eat all of them for breakfast. Perfect. Yeah, he was he was tired of prawns. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> the prawns every day. This part was actually pretty funny. I, yeah. I kind of laughed a lot through this. Yeah, part. yeah. Always, it, it kind of it's like how would an ogre live in real life? I mean, what do they do in the interim period? Right. You know, which is pretty funny. Is like they have that that dialogue, the husband and wife dialogue, and they have everything just pretty funny. You know, it reminded me a lot of, um, and obviously this was prior to, but the. Um, Husband and wife from Princess Bride. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Billy yeah. Crystal. Billy Crystal yeah. and, um, yeah, What's Her Nuts? Yep. Yeah. Uh, what's Her Nuts? That's it. Yeah. What's Her Nuts? <laughs> She's an actress. She's yeah. in a lot of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Mostly but, playing, um, Mrs. What's Her Nuts? <laughs> yeah. Mrs. What's Her Nuts? Um, <laughs> but, uh, that w- they trick the ogre basically. They kind of outsmarting, right? Cause they pull, start pulling his back cause he can't lift them up. He lifts them up and he's like, <laughs> tries to lift another he just gets fucking he just can't do it because of his back and then they're like hey we can help you kevin's smart in the way that he really does figure out a lot of the things absolutely so he's technically the leader of the time bandits anyway right um inadvertently which is pretty funny 
um, even though Randall thinks he's still the leader and everything. So they're still in their white suits and everything, and they end up throwing him overboard. He's like, oh, my God, I feel so much better. <laughs> I can breathe. <laughs> I can cough. <laughs> and she, and Mona comes out, right? And she's like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> And literally, they had to kick her overboard because they're all hiding in the pot. Right. <laughs> so then they get on the boat, and because the ogre like um, breathes out really big and sets sail for them yep. and blows them on course. Right. So I guess Randall knew where they were going, even on the water. He was a good navigator, I guess. I don't know what the fuck. He was uh, like, "If we keep going this way, we're going to end <clears throat> where we need to, the Fortress of Ultimate Darkness." Yeah, I was going to say, "Well, they got there." <laughs> Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I like how that was just such a weird part, too, because the giant comes out of the fucking water. Yeah. And it's on his head, right? And they're hitting it with the fucking deal. They're just like, what the fuck? This thing won't. And Kevin's like, wait a minute. They got sleeping, <laughs> sleeping potion. So they inject him with it. They stick it in his head. He's like, oh. <laughs> but you know, you know that what's really funny about that one, too, is that. In the, in the very, when he's coming out of the water finally, and you have those little bitty weird creatures mm-hmm. that are right there, and he ends up crushing them. <laughs> so he's still walking, he's just like, Ugh. sits down, and they actually get away, cause they're trying to be quiet so they don't wake him up, right? right. Like you could wake that dude up. <laughs> I guess it was a lot of fucking sleeping potion, but it didn't look like it. No. <laughs> Not for that size of a dude, you wouldn't think. No. Yeah, unless it was like badass, but it, I guess an ogre needs more sleeping potion yeah, as much know. for a Especially giant. Especially when he's got a bad back. <laughs> right. A few painkillers in there. A few painkillers on, on a wooden bed. No wonder he's got a bad back. He's a sleep number bed. That's right. Sleep number straw, that's what he had. Yeah, yeah. He's a 93. <laughs> So, so they not a sponsor of the show. Not a sponsor of the show. Uh, so, whenever they're they're actually in nothing because they have these weird creature bones and shit. Yeah. And then when they hit the fucking glass deal, they're like, <laughs> and like uh, Kenny Baker's is like rubbing his nose back and forth on it, you know, like. <laughs> And then fucking that, this is the scene where they kind of took it out on that Randall dude. Yeah. Cause they were pissed off at him cause he was still kind of separating himself as like the leader. Right. But yet all the time, Ben, it's basically thought that they were all leaders. It was all a unanimous decision, even though he was pulling the strings on most of it. Right. Um, Kenny Baker, I guess apparently really didn't like him that much. Oh, really? Yeah. So it was cause he thought he was better than him or something. I don't know what it was. It was something stupid. Excuse me. And um so basically he throws the fucking skull and it explodes the glass wall. Right. So there's the fortress of ultimate darkness which was it was a great miniature. I thought Absolutely. the effects in that one was really cool. You could tell it's a miniature and even whenever they're walking and you can kind of barely see them kind of walking up to it, it doesn't fucking matter in this movie. The no. effects in this movie were so timid in in a way that they weren't overt, they weren't trying to create this fucking massive badass thing, even right. though they did. You know, you knew it was a miniature. It was pretty cool. It looked like a model. Almost. Again, they made this movie for five million dollars. It's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. They get in there. Um, don't see at this point too. Um, when they're kind of going through everything, this is where I I think I had to kind of I stopped it at this point. Uh, uh, for the the first time 
I was watching through. Okay. So they get in there, and I mean, David Warner still fucking being an ultimate badass. Yeah. So they think they're going to get this like ultimate item. Yeah, because Odd keeps leading them on, yeah. right? And then, um, but of course, they're really led there so that evil can steal the map from them because mm-hmm. he wants uh, the supreme being's map of all these little. <laughs> So he can influence creation in his own With way. With computers. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. Computers and microchips. Yes. Cell phone telephones. <laughs> this this is where they, they're on they they get through it, then they're in that weird maze. Yes. Yeah, and they, they start running towards it and they get up there because he's like, Mom, Dad, and he's and Kevin's smart. He's like, That's not it's a trap. But yep. they're like, Fuck it. <laughs> well going. they end up trapped in some locked yeah. Cages up suspended. Above what? I don't know. Nothing. Bottomless pit. Yeah, it was nothingness. Yeah. And the one dude grabs a rat, the one that was eating the fucking the candle. Yeah. He's like, You want some? <laughs> might not get anything else. Might be the last of it. <laughs> but then home dude um gets up there, what's his name? Uh Wally gets up to the top. He climbs to the top and cuts like every piece of fucking rope off that thing. Yes. <laughs> to where there's like literally nothing there. <clears throat> And then they do the little swing thing, which is fucking awesome, you know, to think that they really thought, oh, we're going to do this. And it fucking worked perfectly to get them over. It got Wally over or the home dude first. Um, uh, what was it? Um, Strutter. Got Strutter over first. He was the one that wears the glasses. Then Wally goes over. He hangs out. They throw it down. They even had fucking perfect little things to slide down while um, Strutter was holding on at the end. It was right. like, Ugh. And then Wally almost dies. Right. He falls down, and they're like, yay, Wally. So they actually make it, right? They pull it back up, and yeah. he's there, yeah. Yeah, he's, he's, he's keep pulling. Mm-hmm. So then they're, they're like, well, let's split up. Well, Kevin like leads the people that are chasing him away, yeah, so that they can get out. Um, but unfortunately, Kevin also still has the map, yeah, and so he confronts <laughs> Evil again, yeah, um, who you know like tricked him, <laughs> and then he just makes the map appear in his hand, like yeah. it's just gone. And he's about hand. to burn it, right? Yeah. And then um, what's his nuts? Uh, Benson gets turned into a dog to watch the map, right? Because they had to steal it back, right? Before those weird minotaur-looking <laughs> creatures went after him, right? Hey! The weird sounds that they make, and so they were crazy looking. Yeah, I know this fucking badass. It was it was just nuts. So they they end up actually. David Warner gets all the stuff. He's about to burn it. He's like, "No, you're not." And then it appears in his hand. It's like, "What the fuck?" He just done that the whole time. (laughs) Yeah, but then they come back to save the day because Home Dude's a pig at that point too. Yeah, dude turns him into a pig. Yeah, turns him into a pig. And then he kills all of his other friends. He's like, "It's he's like Benson. It's your turn." Because he's about to burn it, right? And he fucking. Blows him up, blows the other dude up, fucking just with the wave of his hand, right? Right. And then that's when you get the cowboys in India. <laughs> the cowboys. <laughs> you get the... Um, the tank. The tank. You get the... Uh, Gladiators. The knights, right? The knights. Yeah. Um, God, yeah, you get the archers. You get the one dude comes down the spaceship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He comes down <laughs> in the fucking Micronauts thing. Yeah. Uh, but you notice at this point too that it's Legos everywhere. It's yeah. an actual Lego yeah. place. That's why it looks fake, right? Which is really fun. pretty cool. The imagination of that part of it, you know, right? Because you're in Kevin's imagination, supposedly. I guess something would, like that. You think you, you would think, right? Right. Um, but yeah, David. Well, doesn't the uh, just kicks like all of their asses though? Like, yeah. And at the end, like. <clears throat> 
at first, like, he lets those cowboys, like, lasso him. Yeah. That was the coolest scene because he starts spinning around, and, of course, they're spinning around. Yeah. And then that thing comes out the top of his head, which at first I thought was like a carousel. Yeah, exactly. Thing. Well, because they're playing the carousel music. comes out. Yeah. And cuts. Yeah. So that was really fucking But they all awesome. fly in the same spot. They're like, yeah. aye, aye. As they would, because as the rope yeah. came by, right? <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> that didn't move. But he moved, and that was a pretty cool looking deal yeah. with his face cast and everything like that, and thing coming out of his head. Because his his uh um his helmet was pretty cool because it was like a skull in the back, but it was like I don't know, it was like connected to something else. My favorite part was when those knights went in, and then they don't really show a lot of it, but then like they show the knights on the spears yeah. like stacked yeah. up and shit, and I'm like, damn, <laughs> yeah, he, get, he gets all is evil, yeah. Even the archers too, like shoot at him, and he turns into a pincushion. Yeah, and then he blows it back and kills Sam, but it doesn't get um, Kenny Baker right because he's up at the top. He's like ah, <laughs> so then um, fucking the the pig runs away. Um, I guess it was Og or whatnot. He runs away, <laughs> and then all of a sudden, um, he like just turns into fucking like a char- piece of charcoal, doesn't he? It's like all of a sudden he's about to fucking take over everything. He's about to finish well, his evil plan. But that's when the supreme being comes down. Exactly. And yeah. He's like, <laughs> turns him into a fucking piece of um, burnt fucking toast, right? Right. Explodes him and he's like, all right, guys, get to work. Pick up all this shit. <laughs> yeah. So basically they have to pick up all the concentrated evil. It's pure concentrated evil. Right. And if anybody touches it, they would all. You know, pretty much combust, explode. And I love the supreme beings. Like that's like asking why? Why is there evil? And he's Kevin's like, yeah. So why is there evil? You know? <laughs> yeah, because yeah. yeah, because again, he's just like, what the fuck, man? Exactly. If you're God, why did you create this shit? You know? Uh, which I, you know, the whole everything those guys coming in, but then all of a sudden they're like, oh, we're hey, we're sorry. You know, can we come back to work for you? And he's like, this is our, well, and he even says, no, I gave you the map. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I it's did all this part of my plan. You yeah. I went pretty well. He kind yeah, <laughs> he, he kind of wanted to see how it would go. Yeah. But then he hires them back at 19% less than what they were making before. <laughs> how does that work when you're working for the Supreme Bean? I know, right? Where are you spending this money at? Yeah. At the, what are you buying hot dogs? I don't know what the fuck. <laughs> but then they're like, all right, cool. And then they, they leave him there. Yeah. They leave Kevin there and then he wakes up. Well, no. Before he wakes up under the tank, we see... The one piece. The one piece of concentrated evil that's left. Yeah. And it starts smoking. Yeah. And then all of a sudden Kevin's in bed at home and there's still smoke around him. We find out that his house is on fucking fire. Yeah. <laughs> they and come the, rescue him. The yeah. firefighters bust in and grab him. And, uh, of course, the firefighter Sean Connery, who was the, you know, the king mm-hmm. in the... Uh, king of Macedonia. Greek. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> ancient Greece. Ancient Greek. <laughs> Um, he was the king of Greek yogurt. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, and but it was basically the technology that caused the fire. The fire. Well, and the, my favorite part is, of course, the end. Um, inside their cooking machine that caused the fire is, of course, this last piece of you know in, evil incarnate. Yeah. And Kevin even tells his douchebag parents, don't touch it. Yeah, don't touch it. So what do they do? They touch it at the same time because they're douchebags. And then they explode. So <laughs> the ending of this movie. He's left an orphan. He's left an orphan. His house is burnt down. 
He's got um, nothing. He's got nothing. He's, he's got, got nothing. nothing. What the fuck? And Sean Connery gives him a wink and goes off, you know? <laughs> and he, he at that point, he feel, probably feels a little crazy, but he pulls out those... Uh, Polaroids. Polaroids, and he can see, yeah, I was actually he, there. That was real. Yeah, yeah, everything was fucking actually legit real. Mm-hmm. Which then it takes off and, and it backs up and it goes all the way into space and then God wraps up the map. Yep. And then, oh, yeah, I'm by, oh, yeah, All the George Harrison you want. Oh, yeah, I'm by, <laughs> Supposedly in that song, it's like digs at Terry Gilliam because, um, he didn't, he, he got mad at him. At George Harrison? No, George Harrison got mad at Terry Gilliam. Oh, okay. He didn't want that song in there. Terry Gilliam didn't. Oh. But he was like, well, yeah, you made, you gave us the $5 million for this. Because they, they like, I think they put up their building or something like that for their their production company. Okay. Um, and, uh, <laughs> yeah, he, he threw in some digs in there. I was trying to listen for it. Really? Yeah, because uh, he really was kind of mad at him because of something, you know? So, Yeah. <laughs> I had no idea. Yeah. I, I didn't know a lot of this stuff. You know what I mean? Like, um, it's handmade films. Yeah. Um, and then, it, uh, handmade films was started by Harrison and Dennis O'Brien. And they did, they didn't really do a lot of stuff. Um, cause they had a lot of, a lot of bombs, I guess. Um, but Harrison was putting up his own money. Right. He was putting up the money for everything like that. Let me see what movies. Uh, uh, yeah, he did the, uh, it's called Dream Away in the closing credits. It was the most successful film out of all of that. It earned the 35 million in the U.S. in 10 weeks. But then he did, he was the executive producer on Mona Lisa, Shanghai Surprise with, with Nail and I. Um, God, he's, handmade films did a lot of stuff. Well, they did, of course, Life of Brian. Right. Uh, and, Venom? What the fuck? What? Yeah, no, not the new one. <laughs> I was like, what? No. Huh? There's an old one. <laughs> I remember Marvel Comics made a comic of this. Of yeah. Time Bandits. Like, it was like right 82, I think. I think it's a great story that they yeah. really have, have done really cool stuff. Oh, shit. They, he did Nuns on the Run. Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels. Well, there you go. Uh, works yeah. with cool English people. Yeah, yeah. He actually did some pretty cool. Um, those are the biggest ones, really, out of everything. Um, but yeah, no, yeah, he's because uh, it was a completely scored movie. It had no rock music music in it until right. that last song, which was more Harrison style at that time. He right. was he was all into um, holistic stuff. Yes, <laughs> I guess that's yes. the best way to put it. Um, but yeah. The movie fucking totally ruled. <laughs> really did. I love this movie. Every yeah. time I watch it, I'm like, man, this fucking movie is great. Well, and having Peter Bizu as a cinematographer sure didn't hurt anything. I mean, no. if, if you guys aren't familiar with him, he did The Wall. Um, he did Life of Brian, of course. Um, those are the two big things that I think of. But um, he did um, The Truman Show, too. Really? Yeah, he won a BAFTA, or was nominated for a BAFTA. Wow. Yeah. Damn. This movie actually made its uh, it, its release date with, uh, was on the 10th of July, 1981. Yeah. Why are we doing these like this? How does this happen? Is that right? Yes, yeah. I thought it was like November or something. 10th of July, 1981 in the United Kingdom. Oh, November. Yeah. Uh, 6th of November, 81 in the United well, States. there you go. There you so. go. 
hey, we'll take it. Home country. We we nail it. I don't mm-hmm. I don't know how we we pick these things, and then we're like, oh, this will probably be coming out right about then. Huh? That's crazy. Based on our schedule. <laughs> yeah, based on the way close. the schedule goes. Pretty yeah, close. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. He did a lot of he Mississippi burning that dude. Yeah, that's he won an Oscar for that one, I believe. Yeah. The Road to Wellville. Yeah, yeah, that was a yeah. crazy movie too. I like that's, him. I like him as a cinematographer. Yeah, the words are hard. <laughs> words words are hard when you're a guy that does a podcast twice a week. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> we talk into a microphone for for a while. Mm. No, I thought that I I thought this movie and Willow really do kind of I know they don't belong in the same anything, but they're they're two of those movies that came out about that time. They yeah. were just totally on the radar, one hundred percent awesome. You know, it was so campy, and that was that was the first taste of Terry Gilliam that most of us had. Yeah, except for Monty Python. But even well, in then, Monty Python, he was really the animator. Yeah, for, so all those animation scenes—that was really where he started. He yeah. wasn't even credited as part of Monty Python for, at first. No, it was later because because he did he did some of the acting in it, maybe a little bit. But not many, and I know that he really wasn't in the movies mm. that much. If he I, I was, seldom, you know, like yeah. smaller parts. Yeah, he did have know? small things because in, they yeah. did a lot of having to do three or four parts, you know, just to have yeah, to have enough yeah. people. Yeah, but he was never a principal. No, you know, in any of the movies. Yeah, <laughs> just like John Cleese was or something. But John Cleese was technically kind of like the leader. You know, um, even though uh, he wasn't an original member. Yeah. Yeah. And see, and that's the thing. And that's how the like time bandits, you know, Randall yeah. was like <laughs> him and Terry Gilliam was the, the, the dude that ate everything. Right. You know, <laughs> it was like the trashy dude that didn't really say much. It was kind of there. Uh, <laughs> that's how well, they, that's made, how they kind of put a, it. You know, and he probably, if you think about Monty Python wouldn't have been what it was without Terry Gilliam, obviously. No, not at all. Yeah. But he wasn't part of that original crew. So maybe in his storytelling, it's a little bit about him. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. And it's the way that he sees it from... And not that... Because he didn't think that... Kevin didn't think that he was the leader ever. No, no. It was right? like he, he saw it from that perspective. And this being the the uh, progress in, progression of man in the imagination... And it was always shot at that lower level. So you exactly. had like these larger than life figures, even though they were shorter than everybody else, you know, right? which uh, just it made it interesting. And then having dwarves be in it along with a kid, you know, to kind of have that that kind of on par. Right. Well, the one guy even says he, he's bigger than all of us. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. But he's weaker than everybody. Right. Uh, I don't but know. But he's smarter than everybody. And, yeah, of course. Yeah. Um. Yeah. They February eighty two is whenever they did the comic book. Okay. Um, yeah, I thought it was like the next year. I never got to read it though. I kind of want to now. Um, I'm trying to think uh, where the where they kind of say. Oh yeah, here it is. Um, the nice one fidget is said to represent Palin. Okay. Um, the self appointed leader Randall. Cleese, the uh, acrobic one is Strutter, Eric Idle, the quiet one, Hog, the one that doesn't really talk, mm-hmm. Graham Chapman, the noisy rebel, Wally, Terry Jones, um, and the nasty, filthy-loving one, Vermin, is Gilliam himself. <laughs> so, 
real quick on that. So Eric Idle was the one that doesn't talk. And you know what makes me think how crazy that is? Do you remember his role in Transformers? Yeah. That's all he did was talk. That's all he did. Yeah. Just yeah. talk nonstop. <laughs> yeah. That's weird. Yeah. But he's, <laughs> I, I, I guess it's it, it was different back in the day. I don't know what it was. Because Transformers came out only like two years after this. I think it was like 84, 85. Yeah, I would say yeah. Yeah, four or five years. Yeah, so yeah. it wasn't it wasn't that three or four much years. Yeah, something. Yeah. So yeah, they they probably were making it at that point. <laughs> They're draw, drawing drawing overall though. This movie is fucking bitching. Yeah, I'll be honest. Um, I thought it held up really well. Um, and it's such a weird. I didn't remember the ending where he's just like a homeless. Yeah. Homeless uh, orphan. <laughs> yeah, he just um, ends up with nothing. It's like, huh? Well, but you're on your own, kid. What he has is that knowledge that he gained. You know what I mean? Yeah, that he went through, through it, thing. and that was, I guess, maybe the supreme supreme being's um, ultimate purpose was to follow him. Because if if Gillian's looking at this as a trilogy, he was following the lives of different people that he put in those situations, right? Just like the dude from Brazil and everything like that, because Brazil comes in and it's a technological world that is still set in maybe the 30s or something. I don't know. It's fucking right. weird. Um, and I think I was wrong. Cleese was one of those original members. Oh, oh yeah, okay. of, of Monty yeah. Python. I yeah. think I said that earlier and I said it wrong. Yeah, I because I, I think Cleese was the one that originally met Gillian, and they hit it off. Started writing together. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. Probably, probably. Monty Python troop. But yeah, it's kind of interesting. This will be the first in a series of three movies. Um, you know, I'm excited. And actually, I like all three of these movies. So yeah, I would give this at least 4.5 dwarves out of, you know, five. Yeah, me too. Yeah. yeah um, I don't I would, know how big a half a dwarf is, but. I would give it five. Um Ultimate beings, Ooh. <laughs> out of five. Supreme beings, yeah, supreme beings out of five. Oh. Just because it's fucking kick ass. It is good. Every time I watch this movie, I, I fucking enjoy it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I absolutely enjoyed it. Um, it's definitely, it's it's thought provoking in a simple way, I guess. Yeah, which I thought was kind of cool. Yeah, it it was very imaginative. The kids' imagination. The giant, yeah, I mean, you have ogres, giants, fucking, um, the only thing he didn't have is like a wizard. <laughs> True. I mean, evil was kind of mm, that he way. was a wizard. Yeah. 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 Well, and you had the guy that played wizard, the wizard from, uh, Michael Rapp or Michael Rappaport. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was Michael Rappaport. Yeah. yeah. He's like, yo, uh, I'm Michael Rappaport. What do you mean? I, you know, I wear like an extra, like, I, I wear a size 11s and I got a size 12 and a half because of all the money I got in my shoe. I'm Michael Rappaport. <laughs> or David Rappaport was uh, the the wizard from TV. So there you go. Oh, that's so right. He did have a wizard. Oh, my God. <laughs> he was a wizard. Glad I could help. <laughs> <laughs> the biggest thing they had to overcome was Shelley Duvall talking. Ugh. Ugh. Yeah. She's like, oh, no. <laughs> Now, I wonder how many. I wonder how many Polaroid cameras got sold because of this movie. Two. <laughs> you think so? It did really well, dude. Well, that this one was one of the original ones because it was a fold away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was one of the one of the first like Land Cruiser cameras, whatever the <laughs> fuck they call them. 
Uh, they, they land cameras, I think. There's a special name for those Polaroids because it folds up and it goes into his deal. He's got a flashlight. He's got a camera. And that's pretty much it. Yeah. He yeah. didn't bring any food. <laughs> I don't think he was planning on going anywhere. I think he was planning on like capturing on film whatever comes out of his. Yeah, because he fell asleep. Yeah. He was waiting. <laughs> yeah. He was just kind of chilling. And then next thing you know, he's jumping through time. <laughs> Pushing a while. He's like, where did the fuck did that come from? You know what would have made this movie just a little bit better, though? If we would have heard, we're going back in time. (laughs) (laughs) He was like, you're just too darn loud. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking Huey Lewis. No, so stay tuned for um, part two of this series, the Imagination Trilogy. Um, Absolutely. If you haven't checked this out, I'd recommend it. It's actually... Even viewing it again, like I hadn't seen it since I was a kid. For real? Yeah, it's been a long time since I've seen this, and it held up. I was I was really surprised. I watch it often, not like every year. Like I don't watch movies. this as much as I watch Brazil. Oh, I watch um, Baron Munchausen. I think the most. Uh, that's out a of great all movie. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this that one, I fucking funny. So yeah, I can't wait to get to that one. That one's one of those movies that you can almost tell the caliber of somebody almost in their movie in their movie viewing whenever they're like, "Oh yeah, fucking Baron Munchausen," or right. "Who? The, what the fuck is that?" Yeah. You know, you're impressed when you're like, "Oh, that's cool." At least that's me. I'm like, "Oh." Well, yeah. we'll get more into that one a couple episodes from now. Yeah, because we got to do Brazil next because Brazil, Brazil is fucking awesome. That'll be that'll be on the next episode. Yeah, and so let us know what, if you guys have seen Time Bandit, or if you haven't, check it out, and then let us know what you guys think. Um, interested, except, especially to watch this evolution of uh, Terry Gilliam as a live-action director. Non-comedy, even though it's some comedy. Well, now that I know that it's a trilogy, I'm going to look at it differently now. Sure. I didn't. I didn't really realize that. It makes sense, though. Mm-hmm. It makes sense. Like as soon as you know, like I read that the same. I was like, oh, sh- huh. <laughs> why didn't uh, I fucking well, see this? Yeah. That's oh. Thanks, Captain Obvious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so hit us hit us up on all those socials. Um, leave a like, comment, subscribe, smash that subscribe button. Do it, man. <laughs> uh, go to the website. Post your favorite. Here, here's a here's a challenge for anybody. Not necessarily a challenge. Was well, a challenge to us to reply to them. But <laughs> maybe, maybe send us an email, comment something about the very first time that you watched Time Bandits. Oh, there you and go. And what you thought about that? Absolutely. Because I, I'm trying to remember the first time I did, and I'm pretty sure it was whenever I was a kid and it was on pay TV. Sure. I don't think I got to see this in the movies because if this was '81, no. I was three years yeah, old. Yeah, no. You know, <laughs> I think I saw this on like HBO. Yeah. Back in the day. So it was another recorded VHS (laughs) eight-hour super long play tape. Oh, it did. Your dad? Yeah. yeah. Nice. So just tons of movies. Ron Smith, friend of the show. Ron Smith, friend of the show. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I wish I had all those tapes again. But anyway, (laughs) yeah. Send us a a description of the first time you saw this or what you think of it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, or what you think of Terry Gilliam, any of this. Yeah, maybe, and if this wasn't the first movie you saw by Terry Gilliam, Gilliam, let us know which one was. Yeah, and what's your favorite, Terry Gilliam? Because we're going to get into at least three of them. Yeah, at least. (laughs) And we might even do the the Crimson Permanent Assurance. Yes. (laughs) You never know. You never know. But with that, like uh, like you said, hit us up. uh, Hit us up at that 
website, man. Check it out. We got some new merch on there. Trapculture.com. Um, absolutely. Order a size bigger than what you actually want. That's what I can only tell you. If you wear a large, get an extra large. In the sweatshirts? Yes. All right, cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, but got, they are really nice. Nice. Yeah, so, so far so good. So. Well, we got stickers. We got um, all kinds of stuff. If you want a bath mat, let me know. <laughs> so you can step out on the Drop Culture um, boys. <laughs> our new our new headshots. Oh, my God. Because <laughs> we would want that for their bathroom? <laughs> that would be an awesome shower curtain. That would be great. <laughs> it's, sure. it's us three on your shower. Why the fuck not? You wake Why up with you your culture. Why would you not want culture. that? That's I mean, right. Fuck. If it wasn't so expensive, I'd get one. You could just go ahead and throw like it on a Bluetooth speaker in your shower. Mm-hmm. And you could just be listening to Drop Culture while you're showering with the Drop Culture fellas. <laughs> How awesome is that? <laughs> Come take a shower with us. Yeah. Wrap up in a drop culture towel. <laughs> Have a drop culture drink. Come on. Drop culture is everywhere. It will be soon. Truth. All right. So I think that's it for uh, this week's episode. And we are horrible at wrapping things up. So, so Mitch, you are missed and we will talk to you later. I swear to God, it feels like I could just talk into the mic all day. I know. (laughs) No stopping.